You're listening to a Broadmoor Podcast production. On Sunday, Pastor Josh preached from chapter 11 in Romans. In today's episode, we talk about some big picture items that are important to remember as we come to a passage like this. And as always, context is important. We also address questions like, have the Gentiles always been a part of God's redemptive plan? And what did Josh mean when he said that our salvation is proven by our actions? In the end, we spent some time reflecting on how comforted we should all be by the doxology section of this chapter, where we're reminded that God is so much greater in his thoughts and ways than we are. It's a great conversation today, and we're glad you've joined us. Welcome to After the Message. All right, guys, welcome to the podcast today. Hello, Mike. 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 In unison, everyone said. (laughs) That's pretty good. In unison, we all said something different. We all said something different. At the same time, though. But it it was in unison. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's actually the definition of unison, but, you know. (laughs) Anyway, as a musician, I should know that. But, you know. Is it a timing thing or is it the word? I mean, yeah. Yeah. I think it's probably all. All of that. Yeah. So, so uh, today, today we have Sean, Josh, Preston, and Mark here in the studio, uh, and I am both hosting and producing Recording. today because uh, our 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 normal producer Chase is out today with a family thing, and uh, so we hate to have him here. And and I should tell you people wait to have him here. I, we wait, hate you not said having we him. Oh boy, Chase, we love you. Mike yes, doesn't love yes. you. <laughs> I love right. you, brother. Love when you're, I'm glad you, when you're here. Chase, if you're listening to this at another time, I really do appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny because he wanted me to, to be sure that I was well-equipped to do you know yeah. this task today. So he sent me via a text a video of him actually sitting in his spot and showing me all the little settings and, wow. and like you know all the things that I had to do. Go so Chase. I, I feel well-prepared. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. What I'm doing. Um, Hey, and, and just as a side note, because I know people aren't actually, this is a podcast and it's not Indeed. video and so people can't see, but Mark is in shorts today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is not that uncommon in the summer, yeah, but it is uncommon in February. No, but it is 86 degrees. No, I was going to say. True. It's <laughs> summer-ish. And, you know, it is, you know, it's not, it's not all the time that you're sitting right across from me and I've got just this. Well, Marvelous view of your legs here. If I need to move, I will. <laughs> now, look, let, let's be clear. Mark Evans is a freak of nature. If you've never seen oh, Mark Lord, Evans' legs, particularly his calves, yes, he, are the size of watermelons. He has well-developed calves. They're unbelievable. <laughs> like I spend my life like playing sports, and and you know, Mark is and Mark does what to have those calves? Yes. Yeah. Where does that come from, Mark? I have no idea. <laughs> it's like, like even as a kid. Good like jeans. fifth grade, I remember people making fun of my calves. I've had to deal with it all my life. <laughs> and now we well, love them. Well, there you yeah. go. There you well, go. well, they're impressive. Good gosh, can we move on? <laughs> this is so weird. It's like a podcast, like, open it up, talking about Mark's calves. It's like a snake swallowed a watermelon over there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. It is like that. It yeah, is it's hilarious. Like <laughs> it's like a skinny ankles. Cut that bad boy <laughs> open, see what's in there. <laughs> Look, he's oh, flexing him right and, now. And, and. <laughs> <laughs> <amazing>. Unbelievable. <laughs> Where do we go from here? Oh, my God. Save us. Push the stop button and start <laughs> over. Yeah, that's right. 
So, uh, yeah, so uh, on Sunday, uh, let's just segue to the, to the text now. Um, on Sunday, we were in Romans chapter 11, and, uh, and so uh, we covered the whole chapter. All of it, mm-hmm. 36, yep, 36 verses. Yeah, it was... Uh, we were rolling, baby. We were rolling. We were rolling. Um, and so, it, and I, I know, Josh, you mentioned as we were talking earlier, just that, uh, and, and I think you even mentioned and referenced it in your message, but, you know, that this this chapter, like, really sets you at ease. Like, this is mm-hmm. this is a great chapter for you. And I love the helicopter illustration that you mm-hmm. use, mm-hmm. which is really helpful. But uh, tell us why. I mean, why, why is this? Yeah, so I think any anytime you get a, a, a grander picture and you're able to see a lot more, and I, and I don't think... This is true for everybody, but I know it is true for me. Uh, and so if it is true for you, then I say praise God for it. And if it's not, then I say you continue to wrestle with that. Mm-hmm. That whenever we get a bigger glimpse of something like the sovereignty of God, when you know the helicopter illustration we used yesterday, that whenever all we know is street level, like we see that building because we're standing in front of it. We know this road because we've traveled down it. We know this house because we've lived in it. But in a helicopter, like in, in a few years back, I, I was jumped in a helicopter and went up into the air about 10,000 feet. And we saw the entirety of our town, the entirety of our county. We were able to move what took us, what would take us, I don't know, 30 minutes to get from one side to the other literally took us five minutes yeah. um, from one side to the other. And you, you got a different vantage point from it all. And there was something about that beauty that gave me a deeper appreciation for where I lived. Well, Paul is doing essentially the same thing here in chapter 11. Like we, we get this incredibly elevated view of the sovereignty of God in hopes of, as we move into chapters 12 through 16, the application portion, knowing that, hey, even though this applies to you, this isn't just about you. This is about us. This is about mm-hmm. God's glory mm-hmm. and God's doing things that we can't even fathom, but we can trust that he's doing it. And when we get to the end of all things, we can trust that he is going to be completely in control and seated on the throne. Mm-hmm. And so something for me that that takes some pressure off. Um, and, and that just gives me a peace of mind knowing that even in all of my mistakes, cause we see that all throughout Romans, mm. even through all of my s- mistakes, God is still good and he's still working and willing all things for the good of those who love him. And, 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 and it brings him glory. Like mm. I'm just thankful for the picture that we've received from the hard chapters of nine, 10 and 11, uh, even as we move into the application of 12 mm. through 16. Oh. All right. So uh, another thing we, we probably should cover early on here is uh, is the word eschatology. And yes. so one, for our listeners, what is it? And then why is it important as it relates to this passage? Sean, you want to jump in for that? The study of last things yeah. are end times. So anytime- I could have answered that. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> It's I know I'm not the smartest on this podcast, but Google. I had that one. There you yeah. go. <laughs> and it, is, it is sad that, you know, that Josh open. looked directly at Sean yes. and said, Sean, answer well, like, like, like the rest I of us I heard somebody know. say something. Like, I, I heard somebody start to talk, so I yeah. thought that was him. But when I looked at him, I realized it wasn't him. And so I don't know if it was some another brother that I stole that no. answer from. No, that's where Josh goes to when it's time to be smart. So, uh, <laughs> was, oh, my goodness. It was Cavs over there. But when it goes to Cavs, Mark, I'm coming to you. I'm all in, baby. Did you Say something. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was. Your calves were whispering. All right, Sean, tell us about eschatology. <laughs> All right, so so Sean, since you got us started, the the study of last things, um, and so why is that I mean, important? What, there you go. You passage? jumped in. So um, so I think um, why it's important is that I mean we think about that that this everything that we know is going to come to an end, right? So when we talk about eternity with God. 
um, what what happens in the last in the last days? And so many times, I think we get consumed with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we often dive into the specifics of last days instead of remembering the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with with studying, but I think we need to be careful when we start interpreting scripture. Um, based on our own preferences mm-hmm. and yeah. our own ideas mm-hmm. and even our own context. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we, when we look at things like Daniel and Revelation, um, even when we look at this passage, mm-hmm. how, do, how do we want to see it instead of what, what really is Paul trying mm-hmm. to do here? That's right. Yeah, um, that's good. I, and don't you think any passage that deals with God and Israel just sort of draws that out? I, sure. I think there's so much about what is God going to do with with the people of Israel, right? That if it shows up in a passage, our mind tends to go straight to, right? Oh, is that part of the end time? Yeah. This, this came up in our life group yesterday. You know, one is we can we can oftentimes take an eschatological view. It's a fun right? word to say. All right, mm, it's, um, it's Sean's big word. Of the day. Oh so yes, we're hey, like four we for four, four um, weeks in a row. <laughs> so we can look through that lens. Yep. We can also look through a political lens. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. And and we can also look through a Western lens. Mm-hmm. And I think all of those can be particularly dangerous. And that's before you get to your own personal right. history mm-hmm. and bias. Yep. It's a good reminder for all of us when we're studying Scripture to know you're coming to Scripture with a lens. Mm-hmm. That's right. All of us. You, you've already got it. Yep. And, and part of the, the, the struggle but also the, the growth in learning how to study Scripture is how to identify those things that you already carry with you. Mm-hmm. You're already looking at that at that passage with your lens. Now, how do I peel that back? Mm-hmm. And I think that's why going through a whole book like this is so important. Mm-hmm. That's right. Because it gives you context of what Paul was saying. It gives you the history there. What's the what is the lens there so that you can pull yours back and be more mm-hmm. true to what the word is saying? That's right. That's exactly right. And as we look at um, the eschatology and and I think why it's so important grained, uh, particularly Southern Baptist, if you grew up Southern Baptist, um, and, and you think about end times, and, mm-hmm. and maybe you know none of these words, but maybe you do know these words. Like you, you talk about being a premillennialist or an amillennialist or uh, a postmillennialist, right? So, so you have those things. Um, and, a, and a lot of people who grew up in Southern Baptist world um, came from the Schofield Study Bible. Like if you think mm-hmm. back, probably all the guys in this room, mm-hmm. either you had one or your parents had one. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there came dispensationalism, which is kind of a kind of a new dispensations, uh, slots of time throughout eternity, and they're they're leading towards something else. Um, and part of that dispensationalism leads us to a, a, a greater awareness of future Israel. And so when we get to a chapter that's chapter eleven of Romans that's dedicated entirely to future Israel, those flags start to raise, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and this has been so ingrained in us, and you may not know the connection here, but I'm going to make it for, for you if you're listening. Uh, if you remember the movie or the books Left Behind, um, that, is, that is directly correlated to dispensationalism and, and future Israel and, and what's going to happen as far as mm-hmm. the rapture goes and, and how that's going to unfold. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so to, to Mark's point, whether you knew that or not, if you grew up in the last hundred years in Southern Baptist Church, that is the lens that has come come more than likely that you've learned a lot of scripture through, or at least heard a lot of sermons Absolutely. through. Um, now, I, I, personally, I, I don't. I'm not a dispensationalist, uh, and and I don't necessarily follow that. 
that that I'm Southern Baptist through and through, went to Southern Baptist seminaries. That's not where I align. Um, but I can completely understand when people see it that way. Uh, but, you know, to the point of chapter 11, I don't even think that's the point. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the point isn't to, to pull out your end times maps and try to map out what's going to happen. Uh, and just one last thing before we jump into something else. Uh, I think when it comes to end times theology, like Sean said, it's not a bad thing to think through it or to, to even enjoy the study of. But but here's a pretty good litmus test for you. If your end times theology doesn't drive you to number one worship and number two evangelism, yeah. then you need a new end times theology. That's right. <laughs> um, because if it's, if it's you know, create a bunker, um, mm-hmm. get you a, a bug out bag and, and hide until <laughs> Jesus comes, that's not the great commission. That's mm-hmm. not what we're called to do. That's we right. the, the Lord did not give us a, a spirit of fear. Um, but but gave us a call to action, mm-hmm. uh, and so yeah, when we when we view our King coming, and Jesus talks about this all throughout the Gospels, there's coming a day where our King is going to return, and He is going to, in essence, say, "What did you do with the life that I gave you?" Mm-hmm. Uh, and we want to be proud on that day in the in the grace and strength and the resources He's trusted to us to say, "This is what I've done. I am so right. proud for it." Mm-hmm. So let's. Yeah. So we've been talking about the importance of of you know understanding that we come to biblical text a lot of times with our own lenses, mm-hmm. our own biases. Um, obviously, we've, we've talked about many times on this podcast how uh, context is important, like understanding mm-hmm. the context. But what are some things that, that become problematic for people in this passage? Um, are there some specific things, issues that, that tend to be raised for people as they listen or as they, they, they read through this pa- a passage like this? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, one, I mean, I know we we've talked about maybe the the idea of the exclusivity of like Israel and the Jews. Yep. Um, like, but what are some things that, that tend to be sticking points for people in this, this passage? Sure. I, I'll, I'll lead off. And I think we can, we can all pick up here. I think uh, one of the major ones or may, maybe the major problem is the idea of all. Um, when it, when it speaks to, when the Bible says all um, our, our initial run to is, well, all means all. Um, so that should mean every single soul ever. Uh, and, and so there's a couple of places in these 36 verses where there is all pertaining to Gentiles and all pertaining to Jews. But then you have chapters that precede that that, that seem to, to help you understand that maybe not all ethnic Jews are going mm-hmm. to be chosen Jews. And so does this chapter conflict with other chapters. So you need the totality to get you in good context. Mm -hmm. But if you're just jumping in and picking a verse out, Mm -hmm. man, you can get into a bad spot pretty quickly. So what would you guys add to that? Maybe specifically in the verses that you see? Yeah, I think that one. And then um, I got to find it here. Um, In verse 32, for God has consigned all to disobedience that he may have mercy on all, (laughs) which... Oftentimes That's problematic. It's a, it's it's a lot of all. A, yeah, it's a lot of all, <laughs> which oftentimes this verse will be picked out uh, to talk about universalism. Right. That in the end, everyone's going to experience God's mercy. Right. Um, and so everyone will be saved. Um, the problem, once again, <laughs> we, we've talked about this before. One verse doesn't make a theology, That's right? right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so we've got to compare this to other things and... I think also just a reminder, this is in a letter that's being written by Paul. Mm-hmm. So the larger context of how, how is he communicating this and what is he what is he saying here? Um, so just I think be careful of picking out a verse and going, mm-hmm. that's what it that's what it means. Mm-hmm. To, uh, 
Go ahead. Yeah, well, no, I was going to say, I think you had an interesting insight in, in some of our pre-recording conversation, just just about how Paul uses language and, and how that, that even oh, equates yeah. to how okay. we use language well, today. Yeah, yeah and a, a great example was last night. We had we had a deacons meeting last night. Mm-hmm. Just right after them. Uh, yes, yes, I'm sorry. It was yeah, I'm so sorry. good. Change too. it up. Yes. Mm. If anybody's <laughs> voting on that, well, let's vote right. that it stays at noon. Uh, stays at noon. <laughs> um, so it was a great meeting. But we might say, hey, the deacons met yesterday at lunch. Mm-hmm. Well, w- we could interpret that to be all. Mm-hmm. But we know that because of some conflicts and some other things, there's some people that weren't there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but we'll we'll talk in generalities. And we'll we'll even say things like, um, "Hey, we're going to do this when we know that one person is actually going to be the driving force behind mm-hmm. it." Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll use encompassing language, right? Um, even today, and mm-hmm. so I think we even have to be careful when Paul's talking about Israel. Does he mean all Israel? Mm-hmm. And even when he says all, mm-hmm. is he talking about a larger portion? Is he talking about a larger group? Right? Um, is he talking about all those that God foreknew? That's right. Um, and so. Um, so we just got we've got to be careful not to dig into the specifics and try to find things that aren't there. Mm-hmm. So, that's right. Yeah. That's good. So to that end, and I 100 agree with that. I think there's a, a a sense like if if somebody maybe listening to this and they're looking at their Bible and they say, well, how do I know if this all means all or if if that all means all? So for example, I think it is right for us to see that in verse 32 and to to hold that into at least question to say, all right, what does that actually mean? Because we have chapter nine of those that he foreknew, he predestined, those he predestined, he called, those he called, he glorified. Like like we receive that and we understand that's the context of it. But when it says God so loved the world, was the is the world the whole world? Or is the world just a, a, a select few? That that changes right. Right. Our, our whole framework for mm-hmm. yeah. for um, for biblical understanding and life in the glory of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, I, I would encourage you that as you read your Bible um, to to enjoy the words that are there, but to always have an opportunity if you have it, dive deeper into those words. But mm-hmm. but I pray that any time that we talk about these things, it doesn't cause you to question. Um, the validity of the scriptures that you have or to undermine them in any way, but only to allow you to see them in a more beautiful, more powerful way. Mm, Mm. And does God love the whole world? Yes, Yes. he absolutely does. In the context (laughs) of John 3, he loves the entire world and he shows that through Christ. Mm. I I think too, just from a stumbling block standpoint, I think if we don't um, don't approach these last few chapters really with a high view of God's love his wisdom, his sovereignty, uh, then a person can read some of this and go, it sounds like God's just this puppeteer, you know, kind of making all these things happen. He's, he's using this group to make this group envious, and he's hardening hearts, and he's doing all of this. And we've got to keep coming back to the fact that God sees everything, knows everything, mm-hmm. has a plan that's – we can't even begin to wrap our mind around the plan because it's so far beyond us. Mm-hmm. And it's all done out of love because if we lose sight of that and God's character – then I think as we read some of these things, these questions starts popping start popping up that we go, I don't know, I don't know what to do with that. Mm-hmm. Right? Whereas if we trust God's character, then the things that we read, we go, okay, even that He's doing for the right plan and the right purpose, and He's doing mm-hmm. it all out of that out yeah. of that love. Yeah. When you asked what what was problematic, I think that was one that jumped out to me is how He used the Jews. Or, or the Gentiles to make the Jews jealous, mm-hmm. in a sense. Well, that does sound like a puppeteer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It sounds like God's up there 
<laughs> dangling all the right, pieces. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah, these people are going to be condemned mm-hmm. because he's dangling that puppet to make this other group desire him. And mm-hmm. it just, mm-hmm. it, 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 in our lens, if all we see is the turn by turn and not the 30,000 foot right. view, yeah. That's right. it does feel very, mm-hmm. it, it frustrates right. me, honestly. Like yeah. when I read it, I'm like, nah, that doesn't seem right. Why would God do that? <laughs> right. You can't you know? do that, God. Yeah. Well, and again, I think in, 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 a, in a reading of this this chapter, you know, it, it also looks like, okay, well, so hey, I, I offered this to the Jews. They rejected it. They, they you know, mm-hmm. they were dumb. Mm-hmm. And and so now I'm, I'm giving yeah. this to the Gentiles. And then I'm going to use, you know, like you said, yeah. I'm going to use this to I'll show them. make them jealous, so yeah, that they right. they might some of them might come mm-hmm. to me, right? Um, which again, I think goes back to you know, were Jews a part or, or were Gentiles always a part of God's redemptive mm-hmm. plan? I think that's a question that's that great, someone reads yeah. that. Sure, know. yeah, yeah. and and the, I believe the answer is yes. yes. Like like God has always planned that His creation would would know and love them. But to be clear, salvation first comes from the Jews. Um, and, and, you know, there's a part of that that is still going to be a mystery to us. Uh, even as you articulated that, Mike, like that, that's exactly how the, the chapter tells us it unfolds. And, mm-hmm. and some of that may feel hard for us and, mm-hmm. and, and that's okay. I, you know, I think that's one of the beautiful things of, of a relationship, uh, of, of creation with the creator. We're never going to feel great about it all because in our mind, I think our, our biggest hangup is I want to figure him out. Mm-hmm. I want to know why you yeah, do what you do, right. not just what you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that is where the tension begins to rise. And so even like as Paul writes, and and again, I believe that all of God's word is, is holy. I believe it's inspired. I believe it's inerrant. But there's still some things about God's word that that still I, I find a great tension with. So, for example, there have been multiple times in Romans so far that Paul says, okay, now I'm going to write to you in, in human terms. And I'm like, what, what other terms do you have? <laughs> what have you been writing? Like, what, what do you have that I don't have? Like, like is there yeah. an understanding truly that the mm. apostle Paul had that we don't, mm. that he's writing in a way that, that they're going to have. So, for example, when we get these illustrations of this is what's happening, like like God is hardening here so God can bring in here, and he's he's moving this around like um, Trey, Trey Clark to bring him up two weeks in a row uh, just because I think his text was, was really good yesterday. Uh, he said, so to sum up chapter 11 – we're playing checkers and God's playing 3D mm-hmm. chess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it feels a little bit like like that whenever we see that. That's good. I just had a thought come to mind. I, I think sometimes when we read Romans, our, our posture becomes the fact that we want to put God on trial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. And instead, that's Paul. Paul's really putting Jews and Gentiles on trial <laughs> to examine their own right. hearts. Right. Yeah. And, I, you know, oftentimes we, we take the other posture. Um, of like, God, why would you, this doesn't seem fair. Because we sit on the throne and we're trying to judge him. Um, And so inside, even of this chapter, he's he's helping Jews and Gentiles come to grips with their wicked hearts. Mm -hmm. Um, The fact that the Jews had, like we said, it's salvation from the Jews, but, but Gentiles have always been included because... It was through Abraham that God said he was going to bless all the nations. That's right. Mm-hmm. And so, but what ended up happening is the Jews walk forward and they make it about their religion mm-hmm. and their religion becomes exclusive. Right. So it's no longer blessing the nations. Right. Welcome. It's designed to keep as many people out. Mm-hmm. And then God corrects that. Mm-hmm. Right. And and he, 
he shows the Gentiles that the way in is through faith. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so they respond. And now what you have is the Gentiles are now starting to take the same posture as the Jews. They're going, mm-hmm. hey, you're out. We're in. <laughs> right. Um, and and so therefore, we're be- now the Gentiles are be- starting to become exclusive. Mm-hmm. You can't be a Jew anymore, mm-hmm. you know. And they're starting to hold that over them. And Paul's trying to correct that to say, no, 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 no. You, you basically – you all got in on yeah. the same thing. That's right. right. Grace. That's right. And and it's a it's more of Paul's trying to bring a humbling posture mm-hmm. to both groups to of people of to yep. say you're dependent on one thing. That's mm-hmm. right. And one thing alone, and that is Jesus and the grace that God has shown you through mm-hmm. him. It's a good word. Yeah. Mm. I, I just want to put on the the lens of somebody who is listening or maybe the the friends that many of us have who are thinking, no, this passage frustrates me. And there are many who shape their view of God yeah. by taking select passages. Mm-hmm. Maybe they've been hurt. Maybe they've had wounds in the past. Maybe religions made them mad. Sure. They grab these passages, and it just reinforces their frustration. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we as believers, one, or if you're one of those people listening, to encourage those folks to um with with patience and grace mm. because there are many in our world today probably in our community who do take this posture we we grew up in a really religious community many have been probably wounded in the past we know we we're surrounded by those folks we know we interact with them how do we graciously take the posture that understands them but then points them back to the whole scripture the totality of who yeah. god is mm-hmm. Don't don't pull one scripture out and let right. it taint your whole view of the character of God. Right. right. Because there's a whole sixty six books full of mm-hmm. this is the character of God. Yeah. And and being patient and gracious as we walk yeah. with people yeah. through that process of clarifying their understanding of who yeah. God is, I good think point. is part of the things that, mm-hmm. that's a good point. that we because, have to deal with today. Well and I and I think for all of us, the tension between trying to learn as much as you can about God and about who he is and about how he works and at the same time, knowing that you're never going to understand everything about mm-hmm. God and who He is and how He works, mm-hmm. uh, that is a tension. And even even in the end of this passage, you see where mm-hmm. Paul lands is different from where sometimes we might land. Sometimes we feel all those tensions, and it drives us to go, well, if I can't have it all figured out, That's then it. I'm not mm-hmm. going to trust you, God. If I, can't, if I can't see how these two things reconcile because they don't seem like they do to me, then I'm not going to follow you. Mm. Whereas Paul at the end of it says, yes, these things are so unsearchable, Mm. we can't have Mm -hmm. it all figured out. There are going to be some things that are kind of a mystery to us, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And and it drives him to worship, to say, because I can't have it all figured out and you do, I'm going to worship you and I'm going to lift you up. And so I do think the the wrestling through Scripture can lead us both ways. That's exactly right. Um, and it is, for, for to your point, if you've been hurt somewhere along the way, I think sometimes it, it leads us to, we're almost looking for some things mm-hmm. to say, okay, God, I got you there. You know, putting him <laughs> on trial, right? right that's so, true. so yeah, that's you it. didn't you didn't do a good job lining those two things up. So you so this must not, any uh, of it must not be true, right? That's yeah. a good word, Preston. That's exactly right. Well, yeah, and it comes back to what we talked about early on. You know, it's when we come with our own biases and our mm-hmm. own preconceived sort of ideas, then we're just looking for things to reinforce, you know, what we already believe right. and, and are going to be tempted to take things out of context and yeah. – and to uh, you know to grab those little things and yep. say, see, 
That's yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's that's why I believe what I do. But if we come with the foundation of I have confessed, like we talked about last week, yeah. I've confessed, Jesus, you are who you are, mm-hmm. who you said you are. Yeah. I trust that. That's now, the starting point. That, that's the starting point. Mm-hmm. Now right. I'm going to try to understand scripture. Mm-hmm. Right. And that'll be my my lens when I come that's to good. it. That's yeah. good. Yeah. So, uh, so one thing I, I want to, is, is our, our time uh, is beginning to run short. I, I want to get to a couple so. things. Well, you know. <laughs> we have a lot to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> well... All right, um, I'll then, up, episode two. Part two. Right. <laughs> well, never mind. I was going to say something, but I'll, I'll move on. Um, so, uh, uh, I think one thing that that uh, you know people people may struggle with, and we've talked we've talked about this again. I, this is one of those things I think we talk about uh, from time to time uh, because it tends to come up a lot. Um, is is you know you talked about Josh when when you got to verses like twenty one through twenty three or twenty four, uh, you talked about the idea that salvation is proven mm. by our action and, and what we glorify, and um, and that you know not gained or kept correct by those things, but 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 it is proven by yeah. what we do. Um, and again, I think that's something that that's an idea, and there's a fine line there, mm-hmm. and, and we you know we talk mm-hmm. about this a lot, but uh, you know there may be some people listening who, who struggle with that. Mm-hmm. You know, what what would you guys say to those people? Sure, I, I think um, well, number one, I think it's true. I think that you are only saved, and on, anybody is only saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Um, that is the only way to salvation. That's the only way for us to be saved. That's the only way for anybody in the past to be saved. That's the only, only way for anybody in the future. So even when we um, – I don't know if we get there for the podcast, but you know, future – the Jews, when, when, they, when they come back, when we see at the end what the future state of Jews are, they're going to come back because their faith is going to be in Jesus Christ. Christ. That's how salvation That's happens. Right. Um, but I think it's, it was important evidently because Paul wrote it here in the first century, but it's really important for us where we live – because we can we can say we are a Christian because our mouth said this sometime in the past ago, mm-hmm. but our life has never been affected by what we've said then, and we don't live like he's our Lord. Um, and so the Bible knows nothing of that for biblical salvation. And so anybody who was walking with the Lord was, even as the Lord had ascended into heaven, anybody who was marked by his name lived as if he was Lord that day. Mm-hmm. And would continue to live in such a way. And and that's the beauty that we see with the New Testament. We we have the installation of the church. And I believe this is vastly important for us today. And we need to understand this. The New Testament church, it was not a come for one hour a week and you were over. Mm. They, they came to the temple every day. At least that's what Acts 2 said. But it was this picture of, okay – if my confession is Christ as Lord and I need my life to 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 live as if that's true, then then yes, it is a personal confession to him, but it's also a corporate walk with one another as we hold one another accountable. And accountability came through the beauty of the church, that we would walk together. And if our life ever became inconsistent with Christ as Lord, then that's when the church in grace steps in and says, Hey, it can't be this way. For he's our Lord, and, and and if we say that he's our Lord, then our life isn't ordered this way, or we're not acting this way, we're not doing these things. And then it's in there that the beauty of repentance comes in, and mm-hmm. we're able to right that wrong and continue in there. I, I think where we find ourselves today, when when we step in in accountability, either from our friends or small group, or even when when our church steps in with 
church discipline. That sounds rough, but it shouldn't be. It should be grace. When the church steps in and says, hey, we need to have a conversation because you say that Christ is Lord, but but our, your life is not backing that up. Mm-hmm. That That's a pretty big inconsistency if you look at, at, at the church or you look at, at somebody who's holding you accountable to say, well, I, I don't need that. And so going back to the question here, got off on a chase to rabbit that I think was important. <laughs> it, it is this. That Christ is Lord in your confession, that, that's what justification happens in a moment, that salvation. Mm-hmm. But that's a continual thing. That's right. That's mm-hmm. every day. It's not being resaved, mm-hmm. but it is proving the salvation that happened on that day, whether it was 50 years ago or today, this morning. Yeah. Um, Christ is Lord, and we live it out. Right. And, and again, to go back to the confession of who he is, mm-hmm. I, I think what we're talking about is a posture and a, and a submission more so than a behavior, mm-hmm. right? Now, I think the behavior... A submission that leads to behavior. That's right. I yeah. think the behavior is proven yeah. by the posture. But I would be... I, I think I'm, I'm I'm hearing someone who would say, yeah, what about that season that I went through of rebellion? Mm-hmm. Did that mean during that time I wasn't saved and then I got saved after I came out of that season? And I don't know that it matters, but I think what what we're talking about here really is, are you moving to a place of repentance as a routine throughout your life? If you're at a point in your life right now and you're listening to this or you're dealing with a friend, I mean, we all have friends who um, they're in affairs or they're, you know, they've, uh, they're giving into addictions. What, how do we lead that person? Right. Um, Are are we, are we going after them as thinking that person may not be saved um, and I, and I guess that's not really our call, right? But our encouragement to them is a posture of repentance and submission, not so much. And this is where I get kind of you know you and I go back and forth mm-hmm. on this. I love the way you said it yesterday, and I, yeah. I was all in. But I don't want it to sound like it's someone sitting there thinking, okay, I've got to get perfect. Nope. Or my behavior's got to be perfect before I can prove my salvation. Mm-hmm. Right. Perfection doesn't prove your salvation. No. I think submission and repentance right. proves it's it's a faith in that you are who you are, say you are, that does lead to obedience. Sure. And repentance in full totality is change of behavior. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. I, I be- it, it's ex, it's, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, when you think about several of the letters written in the New Testament, and they're written to churches who have started strong and then somewhere along the way started to mm-hmm. to get off off course, right? And so it wasn't like, hey, you've been off off course for six months or a year, so you must not be saved. No, they were saved. That's right. They were not living it out. That's and right. he called them to repent within their salvation, not mm-hmm. to repent as a beginning to, to yeah. be saved. That's exactly right. But you know your life is not a good uh, marked by Surrender, mm-hmm. um, and and so repent of that, and turn back to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so I do think that's a good point. There's not a timeline to it to say, well, if you've if you've missed a day of really <laughs> walking closely with God, then mm, is right. that it, or is it a yeah. week, or whatever? It's not it's not as clear cut as I think sometimes we. That's right. When I think was, we've right? also talked about, you know, just the very fact that there would be a call to repentance, or, mm-hmm. or that you would feel mm-hmm. some yeah. conviction right. toward that. That should be an encouraging sign. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's right. Show that the Holy Spirit's right. at work right. in in your life, and mm-hmm. so that's right. Um, yeah, it's certainly the the moments that you're doing things you shouldn't be, and there's no conviction. That's mm-hmm. a that's a scary place. That's a scary yeah. place. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. That's good. Um, yeah. So uh, 
so guys, uh, as we we sort of sort of move toward an ending here, um, you know, it might be good to talk about the ending um, because you know, as we talk about encouragement, uh, I think you know, Preston, you mentioned earlier in in one of your comments, but but we end this chapter ends with with sort of a doxology or a, you know this mm-hmm. this just statement of of worship and praise, which. I, for one, find incredibly encouraging, you know, because there are, there is so much of this that we struggle with, and there's so much tension sometimes in in our understanding and and things that just are, are difficult for us to reconcile as humans and, and with our finite minds and, and ideas. And so, uh, you know, for us to look at a passage like uh, verses 33 through the end of this chapter and hear Paul talk about, uh, you know, God's vast knowledge and and you know how his his thoughts and ways are, are, are above ours and beyond our understanding um again for me it's like that should be an encouragement it's mm-hmm. like and 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 the fact that it drives paul to worship i think it should drive all of us to worship mm-hmm. that's right because a god who who we had all figured out would not be very worthy of our worship mm-hmm. that's right and so um, but any any comments or thoughts that you guys would would lend toward uh, toward that last part of the chapter? I'll reserve mine to the end. I I think you're right on like the whole idea of worship. But um, there's some really interesting um, segments in here. Of course, he's quoting from Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Um, but just thinking about even if I rewind to like Job, mm-hmm. um, like who who are you to who do you who who do you think you are? Yeah. Um, that that whole idea comes back to putting God on trial. Like, right. do, do we do we sit and and observe God and go, oh wow, I'm just going to stand in awe of you? Um, I, I love verse 35 to me, which points once again to salvation by grace, um, and that grace being a gift. Because in 35, he says, "Or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid." Mm-hmm. You know, like that we would think that we have something that when we present it to God, that it's something that he doesn't have or something that reserves a response from him. Yeah. Or like instead, he now owes us. Yeah, that's right. right. Look and at all I've Instead done. of the gift really is his grace toward us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think just as you look at this whole thing, that to, to respond that God would save should put us in a posture of worship. Mm-hmm. That's right. Because... Because what we all deserve is his wrath. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to sit in that and go that alone, if we talk about no other thing, mm-hmm. just the fact that God has shown grace mm-hmm. should put us in a place of yeah. worship. Yeah, that's good. Anyone else before Josh jumps in with his <laughs> his thoughts? You know, I'd, I just talked a lot. I want to. I I go back in Deuteronomy twenty nine twenty nine where it talks about the secret things belong to the Lord our God, um, and the things revealed belong to us. And I I think a lot of times we we want to know all of it, right? We mm. don't just want to know the the revealed things to us. Let alone do we always want to do all the things that have been revealed to us. Yeah. But we want God to to let us in on all the secret things. But he tells us very clearly that there are some things that are just not going to be ours to know. Yep. They're because we are not God. And to your right. point earlier, I think you, you said it well, I don't really want to serve a God that I fully understand. I, I don't want to serve a God that I fully know his mind. I don't want to serve a God that I, I get 100% 
why he does it or how he does it or all of those secret things. Because if I can figure all that out, he's he's probably not as big a God as is he says that he mm-hmm. is in Scripture, right? So it's a again a tension because I think our human nature is to figure things out mm-hmm. and to and to want to know, and especially when he's not operating the way that we wish he was operating, then mm-hmm. we really want to know, God, what are you doing? But there are some things that very clearly are just there his, yeah. his to know, and our focus should be on the things that he has very clearly revealed to us, and how do we live that out? And mm-hmm. I think, yeah, and I think too that, it, like the 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 desire to know things mm-hmm. is not is not a bad thing. Right. Like mm-hmm. you know, sure, our desire to understand what we can sure. understand, I right. think, is is good and right yeah. and important. Um, but but to uh, you know. I guess that can be also a, it can be a problem yeah. and a stumbling it's block kind of, when that sure. becomes kind of two you know, ditches we have to avoid. Yeah, that. yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's a, we often talk about a tension that we have yeah. to navigate, you know, and that, that's yes. another one, another tension. That's good stuff. So as as we we move on to to this coming week in Romans twelve, which is mm-hmm. I think maybe if if people are reading this like um, this is some people's favorite chapter in all of Romans, um, although you know as. Uh, I say all the time, this is my favorite verse, my favorite <laughs> chapter, my favorite section. Uh, chapter 8 is my favorite, but, but chapter 12 is so so applicable. applicable. Uh, when we look at 11, we get the soaring view of God. We get, his, we, we get the, the sovereignty. We'll, we get this. We don't know. And Paul says, I think, like two or three times in chapter 11, hey, don't, be, don't become arrogant. Mm-hmm. Don't become conceited. Don't, and essentially, don't, don't think you're him. Mm-hmm. You don't sit on his throne, and, right. and if you do, that's where the stumbling comes from. Mm-hmm. And then, and then in chapter twelve, we we get this really stark reminder that not only are we not him, but we are to be a sacrifice to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and he's going to use a word, and this is a, a little little uh, foreshadowing of of Sunday, um, living sacrifice, mm-hmm. um, and that that's the call. And you know the the bad thing about living sacrifices, <laughs> they have a tendency to crawl back off the altar. Yeah. Uh, and so we're, we'll talk a little bit more about that as we we move into this coming Sunday. But really excited to, to see what the Lord's going to do. Yeah. Same here. Well, guys, great discussion today. And I know we probably didn't get to everything we would have liked to, but, nope. um, you know, but that's always the case, isn't it? <laughs> so Always. Um, because y'all spent too much time talking about my calves. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wear pants. I don't regret that a bit. So. Uh, anyway, guys, uh, great, great talking with you and uh, looking forward to next week. Um, so in the meantime, love you guys. Have a good week. Love you all. Love you guys. This has been a production of Broadmoor Baptist Church. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with others and don't forget to subscribe. To help us spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe as well. They can find us wherever they prefer to get their podcasts. And if you'd like more information about Broadmoor, please visit our website at broadmoor.org or connect with us on your favorite social media platform where we're listed as at my Broadmoor. Thanks for listening.